Let's face it, living takes guts, and living a full life takes a lot of guts. Igniting Courage Podcast is the place you can come to get a blast of courage from real people who are clawing their way through life just like you are. We're going to talk about big courage and also little daily courage. You'll hear people's opinions on how to build courage and how to summon it when you would rather join the circus and never be heard from again. So welcome. I'm glad you had the guts to show up for this conversation. Hey, everybody, and thank you for jumping on Igniting Courage podcast. This is our special 20th episode anniversary twofer week of a mother-daughter courage bonanza. Uh, This is episode 20B. This is my interview with episode 20A's daughter. This is Sydney Fabrosh. I worked with Sydney's mom at Under Armour a hundred or so years ago. And I remember what this was when she was a little girl. And I remember just a story. Sharon came in one day to work and told us about how her daughter had gone on eBay and ordered a set of bagpipes she wanted to play the bagpipes. And since then, I've been absolutely fascinated with Sydney, and she has never let me down. She's got a phenomenal story of how she's now traveling the country in a beautifully tricked out van with her dog, living the dream, and she's loving it. But of course, for a girl by herself doing that in the world, takes a lot of courage. So listen in, enjoy this uh, anniversary twofer. I hope you enjoy the show. I know you will. All right. Well, thank you so much, Sydney, for Brosh, for coming on the podcast. I'm psyched to have you and let everybody hear your story. Thank you. I'm super excited as well. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So what does courage mean to you? Just your basic definition when somebody says courage. Yeah. um, So I think courage to me is being able to, and this is something that I work on actively as much as possible, but just being able to move through any fears or reservations that you have about something that you know is going to be a positive for you and you face that fear anyway and you kind of move through that and you just go for it. Um, Being able to acknowledge that it's scary or intimidating, but then you just don't allow that to stop you and you just kind of, you do, you do it anyways, facing the fear and doing it anyways is kind of a motto of mine that I I run on everything so that I can remind myself every day. You know, and I love that definition because so many people think courage and being brave means being fearless, which is the exact opposite. You know, if you're fearless, then it, it's not really that hard or brave at all. So I love that definition. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, personally, I don't, I don't necessarily know if, is like, is there a human being on the planet who is actually fearless? Like, we all, we all are going to go through something that scares us, you know, so you just kind of have to be able to navigate that the best way that you can. Yeah, Totally. So where has courage played the role for you? You have a fascinating life, and I'm so excited to hear about it. So where has it played a role for you? It's played a huge role, just especially in the last few years of my life. As I've gotten older, I've started to just realize that I don't have to necessarily live my life for anybody besides myself. I don't have to live for my friends or my parents necessarily when you're growing up. You know, I think you kind of get this idea that you, you make your decisions based on what your parents tell you to make and uh, just kind of moving away from that and understanding myself a little bit better and so a few years ago I was living in Chicago and getting my degree in school and having a quote-unquote like normal job and then I decided that I really wanted to travel I wanted to move away from that stereotypical like what is considered a normal life and so I, I bought a big van and converted it into this tiny home with a functioning kitchen and a bedroom and a little office area. 
and I've been traveling the country ever since. Um, and I think, you know, the courageous part of that is just kind of stepping out of this, like, major comfort zone that I've had my entire life and doing something that's so different and that a lot of people might find really bizarre. Um, and then, you know, business-wise, it's really scary to quit your job and to kind of start your own business and not knowing exactly how, you know, how much money you're going to make month to month. It can be completely different when you have a business. And so, yeah, I think that's probably the, the biggest rule that I guess Courage has had in the last few years is just taking that initial step out of, you know, a normal life and into something that people would probably find pretty different. Yeah, and, and this is what I love about this podcast and my goal with it is to get the perspectives of people who've made lots of different choices. Like for some people, packing up their life and getting in a van to, to drive around the country sounds like a dream, and to others, it sounds like a nightmare. So it's right, so exactly. fun to, to get lots of different perspectives on this. What made you decide and what let you know that this was something you wanted to do? So I, I've met a lot of people on the road that are older than I am. I'm 23 right now, and I was 21 when I first started doing the van life thing. Um, and I think a lot of people end up working a 9-to-5 job for 20 or 30 years before realizing how important travel might be to them or that they don't want to spend their entire career in a 9-to-5 job. And I think my junior and senior year of college, I was a full-time student, and I was working about 80 hours a week at a restaurant being an events manager for that restaurant and the hotel next door. And I think I just, I was so stressed out for being like 21 years old, at least in my opinion, you know, I just felt too, I felt too young to be like so incredibly stressed with everything I was doing. I was living for my boss and for everyone else around me. I was so unhappy. And I think I got such a strong dose of that life. And I just knew immediately that this is not something that I can do for my entire life. I, I cannot live this way for the next 20 or 30 years and then retire and start traveling after that. And traveling has always been so important to me. And I just started researching anything I could um, to kind of get out of that and to find a way that would be sustainable and I could actually travel full time. Because, you know, especially with social media, I could see people doing it. I just didn't know how they were doing it. And it just took hours of research and figuring out what would work well for me in order to kind of leave that life that I was living and, and kind of work my, you know, transition into what I'm doing now. So what are you doing now? Yeah. What, so is, now what does live, a day in the life look like? <laughs> honestly, it's crazy. It's so different day to day. I mean, I have these, you know, small morning routines and like my nighttime routines and things like that. But I'm originally from Indianapolis, Indiana, and I go back home every four or five months probably to see my family and my nephew on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, today I'm in Phoenix. Tomorrow I'll be in Sedona. Next week I'll be in San Diego. We really just, I mean, I have a seven-month-old puppy right now, and we just kind of, we wake up, we go through our morning routine. I usually go for a pretty long hike with my puppy, and then I get started on work for, you know, a solid majority of the day. When you do have a startup business, it's you, I mean, you kind of have to put in quite a bit of work to get things going and get the ball rolling. So right now, I have a travel website. It's, you know, kind of like a blog where I do a lot of affiliate marketing and advertising um, for income. And then I do web design for different people who are wanting to kind of get into blogging or even if it's just a small business, you know, uh, for a little restaurant or a little family-owned place, I will do the web design for those people as well. So I kind of do that for the, a good portion of the day, but I like taking, you know, I'll work for two or three hours, and then I'll do something with my dog, and then work another two or three hours, and then go, so, you know, I 
it's, it's nice because I can kind of, I create my own schedule, which is a dream for me. That's fantastic. When you first went off in the van, you were, you were with somebody, right? Correct, yeah. So I met my ex-boyfriend while I was in Chicago, and we were working at the same restaurant. He was the sous chef, and I was the events manager. And we ended up dating, and we were dating for about a year before I found the, the van life stuff on social media, and I just kind of dove headfirst into it. He was fascinated by it as well. He really wanted to do it. And so we bought a van, our first van, together. We, you know, had that built out and lived in the van together for about eight months before we broke up, and that's when I decided to take the journey on my own. I really was not done doing what I was doing. It felt very unfinished, and so I got another van. I had it built out again, and I hit the road with a new puppy. <laughs> <laughs> this time you have a canine companion. <laughs> exactly. So when we talk about courage, it probably took a lot of courage to leave Chicago, leave that all behind, and move into a van. Do you think the fact that you did it with somebody else helped with that, or do you think you would have done it anyway? Honestly, this is, you know, me personally, but I do think I would have done it anyway. I mean, I, I did get, I guess, somewhat of a smoother transition because I had someone with me, but I've always been the type of person where – I get so tunnel visioned on something that I want, and I, I mean, it consumes every thought and every, like, everything I do during the day. Like, even when I was working at the restaurant and we were dating, I, I would be at work just daydreaming about, like, what I wanted the build to look like, what kind of van I wanted, what, where we were going to go, and what we were going to do. And so I honestly, as much as I appreciate the fact that I was able to start it with a partner, and I'm sure that did help with the stress behind it and everything, I honestly do think I probably would have done it anyway. That's awesome. Well, and, and the day-to-day, -day, you know, we all look at it, and I see your pictures, and I follow a hashtag on Instagram called Van Dwelling, and every time I see the pictures, I'm like, oh, that looks dreamy. But I'm yeah, sure exactly. that in the day-to-day -day regular life, there are days that are not dreamy. Where does courage come into your day-to-day as a single woman in a van down by the river. <laughs> right. No, yeah. I mean, courage is, it absolutely plays, a, you know, in a day-to-day. -day. It's, you know, where am I going to sleep tonight? And, you know, I don't know, I don't know if that would technically be courageous, but it's, you're going to so many different places that you're unfamiliar with. You don't know these neighborhoods or the background behind them. And I do my best to always, you know, choose safe places. And there's these apps that I can use that will, you know, give me reviews of places who have stayed here as well. Um, but I think just waking up every morning and, like, making the choice to continue living this way is somewhat courageous because it is so different. And like I said earlier, I don't know what my income will look like month to month. I don't have a company writing me a check every month. I'm getting it from these various income streams, which can be unreliable. And as much as I'm, you know, trying to build and grow, you never know if next month it's going to be less or if next month it could be 10 times better. And so I think just the choice of doing this every single day and, yeah, choosing where you're going to sleep and, and staying safe, even just meeting people and, and being cautious of who you're meeting, um, yeah, I think, I guess in my opinion, that it takes a little bit of courage every day. We live in a society that is so suspicious and so scared, living in fear all the time of, of that safety piece. I'm like you. I would jump on board with it right away, but I know a lot of people would be constantly be thinking about that and living in that, that courage. So where do you think somebody who grew up, I know both your parents, they're lovely people, they 
still together and you grew up in a nice neighborhood and good school and all that stuff, to go so far outside of the norm of all the quote unquote shoulds. Where do you think you got that courage? I, I think it could be different for everyone, but I honestly think it was something that I was born with. My parents did do a fantastic job setting me up, though, just in supporting me in every decision I've ever made. I think a lot of it, you know, to anyone who's trying to do something, not necessarily living in a van, but doing something and trying to share that with their friends and family, you know, I think it's really important to kind of come prepared. And so I approach my parents in a way that, you know, because my parents, obviously, at first, they didn't want me to be doing this. This isn't something that parents would, would dream about their child <laughs> saying that you want to go live in a van. But you come, you come to them prepared and knowing answers to various things. And they've always supported my decisions. I, I was really lucky, whether it's nature or nurture. I think I had, you know, 50-50 on both. I think I was born a very strong-willed, determined person. But I also think my parents did a really good job feeding that and always telling me, you can do anything. And then when they say, you know, you can do anything, but we want you to be a doctor, it just takes the courage for you to look at them and say, no, you told me I could do anything, so I don't need to be a doctor. I can do this too, and here's why. And I think just kind of going into it prepared and, yeah, having I, – I think I definitely have a little bit of both of just kind of being born with – an instinct and, you know, going with my gut and then also having a really amazing support system that I know will be there regardless of what my choices are. Yeah, well, and your mom and dad aren't a bunch of chickens either. Your dad is a firefighter, correct? Yeah, well, he's a, he's a retired fireman now, but, yeah, he was a fireman for, I believe, 26 years. Yep, and your mom runs 100-mile races, so you come from some pretty <laughs> courageous stock. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. And I, yeah, like I said, they, they have, and they've been that way my entire life. They've always done things that are kind of out of typical boundaries. They're always willing to push their own boundaries, which is a, a wonderful. I could not ask for a better example to, to apply to my own life. Well, and so now you're in this. You're, what, six, eight months into this van on your own? Yeah, I've been, I lived in the last van for eight months with my partner, and then this van I've been in for five months. Okay, so how, where does courage, now that you're in it and you've kind of got a rhythm going, you've got your, you know, your work schedule, quote unquote, and you've got the puppy schedule and all that stuff, where does courage play in now? Honestly, I, I think that the most courageous thing that plays in is just the business aspect of it. You know, I really, I consider myself an entrepreneur and that is one of the most terrifying endeavors that I've ever gone through. Uh, you know, being an entrepreneur, you know you're going to fail at some point and you know you're going to succeed at some point, or you don't know that you're going to succeed at some point. You hope that you do. And I think on a daily basis, just not knowing the decisions that I make and what to say yes when you are an entrepreneur and your business starts growing and you start doing well, I have companies reaching out to me or brands reaching out to me or people reaching out to me and they all want to do these various things and knowing what to say yes to and what to say no to and do you make this business decision or you make that business decision you know I did start this right out of college so I don't have years of a background or experience and I'm really just living off of you know going with my gut and I call my dad because he, you know, he does have a business as well now, and so he helps me a ton. To me, the van life, the actual logistics of living in a van is so comfortable to me now. It's hard for me to even think of what would be courageous in that standpoint because I'm 
is just my life now. Like, you know, when people approach the van and they think it's crazy, I, I almost have to remind myself that it's not normal because it's so normal to me. And so the first thing that honestly comes to mind when thinking about being courageous now is just being an entrepreneur and getting used to the feeling of being terrified every single day because I never know exactly what to do and what's going to be the right decision. And you are the only one making it. I can feel you because I, I'm yeah, the same exactly. way. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I joke around that ever since I left corporate three years ago to become a speaker on my own, that I vacillate daily between terror and elation. Like, I'm thrilled that I did it, but holy crap, is it scary. <laughs> Oh, yeah, exactly. It's like you can get one email that will make your day, like some fantastic news of, you know, this amazing brand or whatever that's reached out and now, you know, like it's just amazing news and then the next day some your website crashes and you have to deal with that and then the next day, you know, some you do whatever. It, it literally is, it bounces so quickly from back and forth that it's, I mean, it's exhausting every single day. I'm thankful for yeah. it, but it, it is exhausting. So how do you think that facing this fear and being so courageous has, what have you learned in the past two years? What, how do you think you have evolved and that you were different um, since jumping into a van? I, I think that I, if anything, I've learned that it is always worth it, whether you fail or succeed. It, you will never, like, take a huge leap in life. You'll never make that jump and regret it. Like, if you, if you are you're dreaming of something, if there's something that you're terrified to do, but you, you know that it's something you want to move forward with, even whether you fail or succeed, if you fail, you're going to learn from it, and if you succeed, you'll also learn from it, and even better, but you, it will always be worth it, so any time that I feel that fear in doing something, uh, I, I know that it's a good move for me, and I, I've just learned to, you know, almost like move into that fear. Like when, you, when you're scared of something, it's probably because you know it's going to be good for you, but you're just scared to do it because you aren't sure. So I think just knowing that it will, it will, always, it will always work out. You know, there, I, I also tell people all the time, if you're scared to do this, write down your worst-case scenario and then figure out how you would handle the worst-case scenario. And now you're prepared for the worst. So you might as well just go for it anyways because you have an answer. And you'll, it will never go so wrong that you can't undo it. Yeah. Yeah, and I also like to say to, say to people, like, when you write down that worst-case scenario, also write down the likelihood that it's actually going to happen, you know, because we, oh, we always do go to that. A very slim chance that that would ever happen. Exactly. And there's probably things you can do to help lessen those, those chances as well. Yeah, definitely. That's great. So is there a long-term plan as you sort of look through, you know, from now? I mean, you've got probably 70 or 80 years of life left. So do you see all 70 or 80 in a van? Or what, what are you thinking when you look five, <laughs> ten years into the future? I definitely don't think I'm going to be in the van for 70 years. <laughs> that, would be, that would be a really long time. Uh, right now, I, tell, I say that it's probably going to be between three and five years in the van. And I do like to do a three- to five-year business plan as well. However, I don't really like, you know, analyzing what my future looks like in 10 or 20 years because like, the likelihood of that happening is so, it's so unlikely. You know, things go wrong on a day-to-day -day basis. I will think I'm going to go do X, Y, and Z, but then something happens to where I can't even go do those things. So it's like if planning my day is that difficult, planning what my life will look like in 20 years, it, it's, 
I almost am, I I would rather fill that time with actually just doing something now than planning what it's going to look like in 20 years. If I wake up tomorrow and I hate the van, I know I can sell it. But every day I check in with myself, is this still making me happy? What makes me happy? What makes me unhappy? And then I kind of move towards the things that I know will make my life better in, in any way. And that daily evaluation is so important because we do evolve. And there may be a day you wake up and you're like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. And then you follow that that plan. But uh, So tell us about a time when you're in the van life and you were like, this, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. Like, was there ever a time where you were seriously thinking, like, this is too much? I don't think that there's ever been a time where I actually questioned whether or not I wanted to keep doing it. I would say that the hardest time was back in November. I would say it was like November 7th, 8th of 2018, which was just a few months ago. My my dog was about three and a half, four months old. And she, out of, like, I went to this gathering, you know, there's actually hundreds of people doing what I'm doing. And it's a very small community. But here and there, we will all get into these huge gatherings. And there was one specifically for the women who are doing it. And we went. And it was an amazing weekend. I had such a great time. Everything was fine. I was, like, on such a high. And I was just so creative. And I was, you know, I just was loving life. One of the girls that I met there was going home to California. Even though she has a van, she has a home base in California. And she was like, Sydney, oh, my gosh, you know, we clicked so well. I want you to come and hang out in my city for a little while, and I can show you around. So we went ahead and I went to her hometown in California, which is Thousand Oaks, California, which is just north of L.A. And we went there, and all of a sudden, my dog just got so sick. Like, she couldn't hold anything down, and it was, it was really scary because, you know, this is the first thing I've ever been solely responsible for keeping alive. Like, this isn't a family pet anymore. Like, I have to keep this dog alive. So I was really, really scared. And she ended up needing a really major surgery because of these digestive issues that she was having. It was so overwhelming, and it was so scary. And you also develop such a bond. Like, it's only me and my dog in this van. So she is she's my life. Like, she's everything to me. I, I coordinate a lot of my days around her and what I'm going to do for her that day. And so that was just really scary. And then, you know, the day after her surgery, I was able to go pick her up. So I go and I pick her up. And, you know, I'm still just so on edge. I'm super overwhelmed uh, still. So my friend, you know, was like, oh, you can just stay in my house for the next few days. It will give you a home base. It will give you somewhere that isn't the van, you know, and you can just relax for a few days, let her heal, and everything will be better. And it was that night, you know, I think I took Ella home at, like, 6 p.m. And by 9 p.m., this is, this is when the California wildfires started to break out. And we had to oh. immediately evacuate her house because her actual neighborhood, like the houses right behind her houses, were literally on fire. And all the highways were closing down. Everything was shutting down. The city was on fire. <laughs> there was fire everywhere, and it was terrifying. And so to have this dog who is my life, she's so sick. She just had a major surgery. And now I'm, like, having to help my friend and her family get everything together in their home so that we can evacuate the house and find somewhere else to stay for the next couple of days. And that was just, it was by far the most overwhelmed I've ever been in my life because I felt so responsible for so many things. Like I needed to get my dog taken care of and I felt an obligation to my friend to help her and her family be moving out of the house. But I also 
everything I own is in my van. So I needed to get the van out of there as well. I think during that time was probably the number one, should I be, like, did I get way in over my head? Am I not adult enough to handle this life? Because what if something else goes wrong like this? Did I, did I step in just too far out of my capabilities of being an adult? And I really had no idea. But, I mean, a week later, I, we came out on the other side and everything had been fine. So, I mean, if, if anything, I learned a lot from that experience. I don't know that I really ever, there was a moment even in that situation where I doubted whether or not I wanted to be doing it. I just kind of felt for a moment, should I be doing this? Is this was everybody else right that this is too much and that this is too different? And yeah, it was very stressful. <laughs> but I'm going to say, and my dog is doing great now. <laughs> so she's fine as well. And she is so cute. I remember reading that piece of your blog going, oh my gosh. Well, and none of those situations have anything to do with van life. That could have happened to anybody. So it's, it's exactly, almost kind of yeah. good that your, your stuff wasn't a van that you could drive away from the fire. <laughs> right. No, exactly. Exactly. That's, that's, that's crazy. So you say that a lot of people did say, this is nuts. This is stupid. This is crazy. This will never work. How did you deal with that? It takes a, a different type of person to be doing this in the first place. And if you are a different type of person, you've been likely to be that different your whole life. And I think at this point, my parents are they know to never to never expect anything from me and that I will always throw something so unexpected at them and I everyone that knows me knows that you know I walked in to the kitchen one day and I was like mom and dad I'm gonna go to Africa and they were like excuse me and I was like yep I'm gonna plan a trip to Africa I'm gonna go with these people it was a missions group and I'm gonna XYZ I'm gonna travel for a couple weeks by myself I had everything planned out van life does seem crazy but they've had to get on board with so many other things that I've just randomly decided I was doing. And, you know, my friends are used to it as well. So I think, you know, anyone who's going to go live in a van full time has probably done some things already that's fairly unexpected and different. So I think at this point, the judgment of others, it, it, it does not have any weight in my decisions at all. Like, if I feel comfortable and I'm confident in what I'm doing, I trust myself enough to know whether or not I should move forward with it. Because there's also been crazy things that I wanted to do that I didn't end up doing because I don't think that it, it would have been best for me. And that's a, another thing I would like to say to that is just that a lot of people who have judged what I was doing see the van and they're like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. This is amazing. And then they end up doing something similar as well. You know, they go buy a camper or an <laughs> RV and they do it even part-time. And it's like, Someone might tell you that you're crazy, but you don't know in six months if they're actually going to want to be doing the same because they see you, that you've done it, and then you inspire them. And so, yeah, right. the, the judgment of others really just, it doesn't have much weight for me in making well, and that's Yeah, and that's awesome. It sounds like over time, since you've learned, because you jumped on eBay at 12 years old and bought a pair of bagpipes, because you said, <laughs> hey, Mom and Dad, I'm going to Africa, you know, I mean, like, you, people are like, oh, you're doing that? Yeah, that makes sense for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like I've, I've trained everyone in my life to just <laughs> always expect the unexpected from me because I, I mean, I don't even expect anything from myself. In a few weeks, I could make some other crazy decision. Like, I, I never know. <laughs> yeah, I never know. I love that. I don't even know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I never know. <laughs> so how do you decide where you're going to go next? This is like you've got the whole country ahead of you. Yeah, I mean, even more than that, I would love to go into Mexico and Canada as well. When I was with my partner for eight months, when I was with my boyfriend, 
uh, I was very regimented because I was still fresh out of that job where I had to be very scheduled and very regimented. And so when I was with him, I was like, okay, we're going here, we're going for this many days, and then we're going to go here, we're going to go for this many days, this is exactly what we're going to do, here's the itinerary. You know, I was putting so much stress on myself, which just didn't need to be there because this, this lifestyle should be a little bit less stressful. And you know, things don't always go accordingly anyways. You know, it, the plans might not even happen that way. So I kind of just realized, especially now that I'm solo, I kind of roll with wherever. If I don't have a specific place I have to be, then I will go to warm weather because I love the warm weather, which is why I'm in Phoenix in the beginning of January or February. Other than that, you know, I'll, I'll make a really great friend, like I was saying, and she'll say, hey, you should come to California. So then that's when I go to California. And, you know, then somebody will want to shoot a YouTube video in New Mexico, and so then I'll go to New Mexico, and I've kind of just adjusted to this life of where I, you know, allowing myself to just say, okay, yep, I can go there next, or I can go here next, or if I don't have somewhere to be, I'll hang out in San Diego for two or three weeks because I can, and that's fine. I don't need to be on the move all the time, and if I go somewhere and it's not as exciting as I had expected, I don't need to stay as long as I had planned and so I kind of just roll with wherever I feel like going and where I if something is planned or if someone wants me to do something then I can just go there and I allow myself to stay for as long or as little as I need so it's, I mean and the fact is there's Wi-Fi everywhere so frankly you could be anywhere yeah exactly and I, I have a hotspot with Verizon so I can work from wherever I am typically and yeah I mean other than going home every four or five months to see my family that's really the only thing that I make sure that I do because it would be very easy for me to get so caught up in traveling that I leave for a year and I don't come back. But my family and I are really close, and that is such a high priority to me. So other than making that trip back to the Midwest every few months, um, other than that, I really kind of allow myself to move wherever and work wherever with my hotspots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Say 10 years down the road, you end up married, living in a beautiful house with a white picket fence and two kids in the yard, and Ella running around, bouncing around with the children. What do you think you're going to have learned from this experience if you end up in a regular experience? How do you think your life will be richer in the future? Yeah, it's really important that I stay open to that as well. People often do think because I live in a van that I obviously don't want children or I never want to get married or do X. And I'm like, no, that's not it at all. I, I don't know who I'll be in 10 years, and I might be completely different. I might want that life. And so it's important to me to stay open-minded and to know that I'll never know what my life will look like in 10 years, and that's totally fine. Um, but I think if anything, I have learned in the last five months more about myself than I've ever, than the 22 years combined that I ever knew. I, you know, you can only sit in a van alone for so long before you, you force yourself to get comfortable. You know, people often think that it must get lonely, but I really don't get lonely because I, get, I love spending so much time with myself. And I think just knowing who I am, knowing my self-worth, when I started Van Life, my confidence was at an all-time low because I was so stressed out. My boss at that, you know, events management job at the restaurant and stuff, he was so aggressive and he tore me down so much that I was just kind of broken in terms of, like, confidence and self-worth and value. And now that I've, like, made this, huge decision for myself and it's really paid off and I've actually started a business and it's growing and it's doing you know well for where it is it is just it is my confidence has skyrocketed and just who I am and knowing 
what I deserve. And if I go back into a 9-to-5 job one day, I know at least how I should be treated and the environment that I would want to be in, even in that kind of situation. So I hope, you know, in 10 years, 20 years, even if my life is completely different and I don't plan that far, I will always know who I am, how to apply myself in any situation, and, you know, the, the confidence that every decision needs and, you know, the worst that you should carry with yourself no matter where your life takes you. I love that. I love that. And just understanding what you deserve and what you – well, and you've, you've taken control over your happiness and what you can control. Like, I don't need to put up with this because I can make this better. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, yeah. 110%. Yeah. And the last thing I would love you to share is I recently saw you on your, whether it's your Instagram or, or somewhere, your blog, about capturing the moment. Talk a little bit about oh, yeah. that real quick. I am a big believer in taking a mental picture in, in, you know, in specific moments. And I've always loved photography. So I, you know, I wouldn't say it's fortunate, but it's, I do have the ability of taking a, an actual picture of a certain moment. But there are some times where you know, the most beautiful moments of, of this particular lifestyle that I don't capture intentionally because there are just these moments that overwhelm me with joy and, I mean, bring me to tears when you're in a national park somewhere on a chillier day so there's not that many tourists and it's just you and this dog that I love so much, you know, a sunset in the mountains. And there are plenty of days that are spent in a Walmart parking lot that's not glamorous at all and I don't want to over-glamorize this lifestyle because there's plenty of days that aren't, but there are those days where I have, you know, mentally I just sit there and I, I mean, I actively tell myself, okay, what does this smell like? What does this look like? What is this moment and, like, what does it really mean to me? I will pet my dog and the feeling like that, you know, as I feel like saying it out loud is so weird, but, like, the feeling of her fur and the feeling of the bed that I'm sitting in in my van parked looking at these mountains watching the sunset, I want to close my eyes in 20 years, even in 50 years, and just bring myself perfectly back to that moment. I want to know exactly what it felt like in that moment because no matter where I am in life, like, I know for a fact that this will always be a time in my life that means so much to me and it has changed my life so drastically that there are just these specific moments where I take a very detailed mental picture of exactly what, you know, this particular minute looks like. And I always want to be able to return to that. And that's why I take photos, you know, sometimes as well so that I do have that visual. But there are so many moments where I just don't even want to get up to take a picture. I don't want to pull my phone out. I just want to soak up every detail of what is happening at that time so that I can, I can come back to it whenever I want. That's fantastic. And, and those moments will probably serve you to build your courage in the future when you're like, that was scary, but holy crap, that was worth it. Yeah, exactly. In, in a moment of doubt, even in, you know, 20 years, and, and if I'm having a really doubtful moment, I would just want to close my eyes and think, no, that day where you were in the van that you chose to, to buy and to convert and, you know, put your savings account into that moment that it, it all paid off in that one moment and return to that moment in my mind and then open my eyes and look at whatever I'm facing in the current moment in 20 years and be like, you know what, this will be worth it because that was worth it. And I know that I can do this because I already did that. And I always want that to be able to apply to anything that I'm doing in life. I love it, and I think that is the perfect spot 
for us to say, for me to say, Sydney, you rock. I'm so excited to continue watching your Instagram and watching your blog. And uh, for anybody who's interested in getting in touch with Sydney's web design or anything like that and learning about the van life, I'll put her information uh, in the comments and everything. And Sydney, thank you so much for your time. Keep being you because you rock. <laughs> thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. I had so much fun. I'm so happy that you asked me to, to come on today.